0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all here today. You having a good day so far? Okay, good. Yeah, well, just want to let you know that uh, as we were shared with you for three weeks in a row we um, had asked all of us here to pray and see what we would give above and beyond our tithe towards current life services remember I was asking you that one right there yes. well um, we brought in I, I we gave uh, total giving was eleven thousand dollars that was brought in through all of us here praise the Lord you can clap on that one right there <clears throat> and that goes towards saving the lives of the unborn children so just know you did a great thing and if you have, didn't give, you forgot, you can still give toward that, and I would encourage you to do that because it is a really, really great ministry. Amen to that one? They've, served, uh, they've saved uh, over 200 babies already this year, so praise the Lord on that. So that's a really good thing. <clears throat> um, we're going to continue in our series, The Arrival, and uh, I'm going to talk about a better way. And you'll see as we go along what I mean by a better way. But let me take you through some uh, better ways because in first service, many of you can... Second service, I'll talk about, you know, growing up and they look at me like, what planet are you from? But first service, I have more of you that are from my era. Any amen to that one? It used to be the opposite, but I've gotten older now so I can relate to a different crowd here better than the other crowd. So um, how many remember when you were the remote control growing up for the TV? Okay, remember that? Now... Which meant what? Which meant your parents would tell you, get up and go turn the TV. Well, go get the pliers and turn it, right? (laughs) I'm, I'm going to get there, bro. Don't worry. Boy, are you old enough to know that one? Okay, wow, Jordan, that's good. All right, we're relating now. But um, yes, but we'd get up and we'd have to go turn the TV, grab the pliers because that plastic channel change would break all the time. Correct? Remember that? How many like that it's a better way now with the remotes that work and you don't? And, oh, just three of you, you want to torture your children. I get it. Okay. How many remember the skateboards back growing up in the 60s? Anyone remember that? It was a two-by-four, remember that? And then you'd get roller skate wheels or whatever, and if you hit that little piece of sand, remember you hit the piece of sand, well, what would happen? Ah, boom, boom, and you'd, you'd kill yourself, and what it was. And so then they came up with the polyurethane wheels, I remember that, and now it could go, it could go over bricks, it could go over homes, you know? And so it was a much better way. Amen to that one? How many of you remember? Some of you are going, what's that? How many of you remember rotary phones? Right? Somebody's breaking in your house, you're calling the police remember that and so you know you're, you're trying to hurry but it's not possible and so instead of rotary phones and, um, and you got that long extension to go hide in the closet as you're dialing and the, the, the burglar trips over the extension follows it and there you are but, but now you have cell phones and you call the police amen to that one it's a much better way is it not okay how many remember you were now probably you you were uh, it was your parents How many remember um, uh, what a car seat was for us when we were babies growing up in the car? (laughs) Because they would lay us on the front seat. Anyone? We don't remember that, but that's the way it was, right? And so that was the car seat, our mother's right arm. And it's much better now, is it not? Now I'll come to you, Jordan, okay? How many remember that you were the antenna of the TV? Remember that? Because they have the rabbit ears, right? And what would they put on the rabbit ears? Aluminum foil, because you know that works. And so they'd ask you to go pick up those rabbit ears on top of the television, and they'd move you, and you're moving, moving, and they go, no, no, back this way, and then finally go, oh, stay right there, stay right there. I'm supposed to stay here now? I don't get to watch TV also? Remember those days? How many like it better now, Right? It's just a much better way. It's a much better way. Well, we're going to talk about a better way today. We're going to go into the life of, in this week and next, the life of this, and by the way, all these things we said now, second service are going to go, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Amen. Thank you. God bless you for that right there, for letting me have a good time. So we're going to look at Stephen this week and next, a little bit of chapter six today, because remember, it's not verse by verse, but we're pulling out themes of each chapter. And then next week when he becomes the first martyr of the church. Stephen is a deacon he's just been they've just elected deacons here in chapter 6 and he's a spirit filled individual which coincides with chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 4 you see the empowering of the spirit of God and Stephen's one of these guys walking in that and what Stephen as he begins to preach in his preaching ministry he's going to be stoned to death next week we'll see it next week and he's going to be stoned to death for a better way that he believes in and that he preaches And this better way Was given to him By none other than Jesus Christ Amen to that one So we got to pay close attention And we will To the changes That Stephen is going to preach And what Stephen is bringing So we can see this better way So if you have a Bible Which I hope you do Open up your Bible to Acts chapter 6 And we're going to read about oh, Seven, eight verses And do a light commentary Very quick. So we can get to this whole thing because in there, we find in their, um, in their argument with him, we find the better way and what they're fighting against him. So Acts chapter six and verse eight, if you're there, say I'm there. Okay, good. It <clears throat> says verse eight, and Stephen, full of grace and power, don't you want people to say that about you and me? Full of grace and power, not, boy, there's one angry Christian over there. You don't want that, okay? Was performing great wonders and signs among the people Now It looks like this guy's Powerhouse ministry Correct? But you We, 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 we did not read earlier In the chapter But I mentioned That he's a deacon Diaconus, he's a servant and what they were originally was they waited on tables and they took care of this practical ministry so the pastors could devote themselves the apostles could devote themselves to praying and to studying the word of God so they could teach the word of God sound like a good plan any amens so you think about this guy Stephen filled with the Holy Spirit he's walking in great power and great ministry and yet he's a table waiter isn't that humility right there isn't that exactly the way we should be? There's no job too low for us in church, stuff like that. We didn't walk in the humility of God. Now, verse 9. But some men from what was called the synagogue of the free men, including both Cy- uh, Cyrenians and the Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia rose up and argued with Stephen. Now the argument begins. And these guys are called uh, the synagogue of the freedmen. Now, Craig Keener, a great New Testament scholar, uh, he says this about these freedmen and who they are. He says um, about the synagogue. It was a synagogue established by free slaves of Roman citizens. And by the way, in the Roman Empire, there are like 50 million slaves in that Roman Empire. There's a lot. Um, and these freedmen were Roman citizens themselves, and most were Jews, but they had Roman citizenship. Now, Craig Keener says this now for a synagogue uh, you have to have like 10 men 10 Jewish men uh, to form a synagogue remember that the, 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 um, there's the Sadducees and they're Sadducees because they don't believe in heaven therefore they're sad you see but anyway no I'm just joking I'm joking can I just say corny jokes once in a while is that okay so they're strong they're strong in the temple the Pharisees are strong in synagogues the synagogues are more in the countryside and you'd have to have, like I said, 10 Jewish men to form it. So these, that's what these guys are. And they're arguing with Stephen. Verse 10. But they were unable to come up with the wisdom, uh, to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Now, they can't stand against it they can't resist him this guy is laying it out and we've talked about two weeks ago how the spirit of God will give us the words amen to that one we study the word of God whatever's installed can be recalled that's right if you're not studying the word of God if you're not getting this in you don't expect it to be recalled because you have not installed the word of God what's installed can be recalled by the spirit of God so, they're no match for his wisdom because it's the wisdom of the power of the Spirit and study of the Word. Now, verse 11. Then they secretly induce men to say, we heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Against Moses and against God. Huh. This is so similar to the trial of Jesus Christ. They're bringing in liars to lie about Stephen and him and making up this story that, oh, he's speaking against Moses, speaking against God. Guys, people who will not listen to the word of God or just to reason will lie against these things. And that's that's just true. You see it all over the place. Verse 12. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came up to him and dragged him away and brought him before the council. Now, the council is the Sanhedrin. This is where, like I said, the Sadducees are strong. They make up most of the seats in that Sanhedrin. That's where Jesus was brought to during a couple of the trials at night in his life. <clears throat> so they're, they're, they're really getting into this now. Verse 13. Now he's on trial before the council this deep. And they put forth, verse 13, false witnesses, like in the trial of Jesus, who said this man incessantly speaks against this holy place and the law. What's the holy place? That's the temple. What's the law? The law of Moses, Old Testament law. Verse 14. For we have heard him say that this Nazarene Jesus will destroy this place, the temple, and after the customs which Moses handed down to us, and he'll destroy the customs. Now, didn't are they not going back to that day in... Um, in John chapter 2 when Jesus said destroy this temple in three days I'll raise it up again remember that they're going back to that now and they did not understand then and they do not understand now that Jesus was talking about the temple of his body not the physical temple amen to that one so they're not getting it but this is the charges they're bringing up again now against this time against old Stephen before it was against you he's going to destroy the temple he's going to alter our laws of Moses so this guy's a real threat now Verse 15. Now, watch Stephen. Watch what Luke writes about Stephen in this exchange. Because you got to believe it's heated. Amen? But Stephen, it says, and fixing their gaze on him, all who were sitting in the council saw his face, saw Stephen's face, like the face of an angel. What does your face and my face look like when we're in a dialogue or a debate or an argument? Make that face for him right now. I'm just so curious. How beautiful. Yeah, good. That's good, good. We'll talk to your wife later, Greg, see if it's true. But yeah, he goes like this. Okay, all right. So, but his face, the countenance, he's not blowing up. He's not getting mad. He, he would not fit in in today, would he? He's got the Spirit of God in him. He's got the peace of God. He's got the calm of God. He's got all all this fruit of the Spirit inside of him that only the Spirit of God can do. He's a born-again guy. Now, question, not the biggest question, but the first question for me. Is Stephen sharing something that would and did alter the function of the temple and the law of Moses? It's not a trick question. If you answer incorrectly, I will expose you No I'm just <laughs> joking Yes Yes He is preaching something And no offense if you said no you, I Thank God you had guts To say it out loud I felt like sometimes We're in class going I'm not answering the question I Say nothing Yes he's, he's saying stuff That's going to alter the, the function of the temple And the law of Moses So the, with that question Another question Is he a threat to their agenda? Is he a threat to their system? Is he a threat to their power? To their position? You better believe he is, man. He's not going, he's not towing the line with what they've been doing for years because Jesus brought something bigger. Now, here's my two big, big questions. First, you don't have to answer, what were the changes that Stephen's preaching? But second question, bigger question, why were these changes important enough to die for? Why didn't we just recant? Why didn't you just say, uh, you know, I, I don't really believe this stuff. Why would he die over this stuff right here? And the answer to that question is our title of the message because he's brought a better way that Jesus Christ brought. Amen? Amen? Okay, let me explain that. Let me explain the before. I only have two points. We'll get there in a second, all right? But I want to explain to you the before so you understand better the after. Okay? Does that sound okay? Okay, good. Because we need to understand the before. So before Jesus Christ came, Stephen, me, you, everyone on planet Earth, we could never come near to God, could we? Could we? We couldn't, we're sinners. We couldn't come in the presence of God. See, the presence of God, it dwelt in this place called the holiest of holies. It's the innermost room in the temple of God. The priests, they were allowed in to the first divisions of that temple. They could go all the way to the holy place, not the holiest of holies. They could go there But only a high priest A priest chosen once a year Once a year And it was rare Because there's so many priests That you ever got picked In your lifetime to do this But if you did And by the way John the Baptist's father Was one of those guys Who got picked But this priest was chosen Once a year He could go into The holiest of holies That inner, inner room On that where where, Where God would come down And dwell there And what day Would he go into that room? the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, which, by the way, is this Tuesday night, starts in the evening, and ends the next day in the evening. So it's Yom Kippur, it's coming up. So, the high priest, what he would do, now, if you put the image up on the screen, please. So, um, <clears throat> the, 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 yeah, there you go. Keep it up there. I need it up there for probably a minute or so. This is what's called the Ark of the Covenant, all right? And um, this, which, this sat inside the holiest of holies. The priest now, acting as God's representative, he had to cleanse himself. He had to be cleansed, man. He can't walk in this room uncleansed. He's bringing the animal blood to sprinkle on top, we see where the two angels on each side, they have their wings spread? Well, the lid on that little coffin-like structure, the lid of it it is called the mercy seat, and uh, which another word we know in New Testament is propitiation. Jesus is our propitiation in 1 John. He'd sprinkle the blood on top of that seat to, for, to God, get mercy from God, but he had to be cleansed. He had to be cleansed to the point that, that um, as he's before God, that they would tie a rope around his leg and he would have bells around the bottom of his rope. And if they didn't hear him moving around anymore, they think he's what? Because he's standing before the holy Shekinah presence of God and to stand there and if you're not right in that time frame, guess what? You die. And so if they didn't hear him move or if he took a long time in there, they had the rope in there because if they go in and get him guess what they do they die so they got to pull him out by the rope can you imagine they're just yanking this guy's dead in there because this is a holy God you go that's pretty mean no you're misunderstanding God is holy we are sinners and you got to be right so he'd sprinkle the blood on top of that uh, the lid of the uh, Ark of the Covenant now this was done every year, every year. Here's the deal, though. They'd sprinkle animal blood. Every year, Yom Kippur, animal blood. Every year, Yom Kippur. Question, you seasoned Christians, answer the question. Would that forgive sins? Never would forgive sins. It would only cover sins. It's the idea that God would wink at sin. He closes his eye to sin for how long? For one year, for one year. So, no sins are forgiven. You're just covering that sin for one year, and if you think about that, that means that um, there's a kind of like a pool date on your sin. It's covered up for a while, or you know, you know, you have those nowadays. We, when we were growing up, we never did it, but they have the gender reveal now with kids. This is like, after one year, it's not forgiven, so it's like a sin reveal. Oh, you, let's go over all your sins again, you know. we are gonna have a sin reveal, because they weren't forgiven. Can you imagine that kind of system in your marriage, or any relationship, or any friendship, or anything? We're gonna bring those sins back up again, because nobody forgave those, they're just covered. We're gonna talk about them all over again. So, every year, every year. Now, when the, when the, the priest went into that holiest Holy holiest of holy, they had to go through a veil, very important veil that separated the holy place from the holiest of holies, where the ark of the covenant was. This veil, sixty feet tall, thirty feet wide, ten inches thick, took three hundred priests to hang it, according to Old Testament scholar uh, Alfred Edersheim. It's huge. But this thing signified the separation between God and and humans. Because God's holy. And you can't just come into his presence. Now, this was their system and it had been going on for a long time. Well, ever since Moses and the gang set up the tabernacle and things like that. So Stephen comes along. And he starts preaching Jesus. And Jesus is a whole different way. You don't need the temple anymore because now humans who put their faith in Jesus Christ, they become the temple of the louder Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now comes to dwell in a believer, correct? So now you see the better way coming up. Now, this means it will end all the animal sacrifices You won't need that anymore. You won't need a priest anymore. You won't need that anymore. It also means that some of the Old Testament laws are not going to be needed anymore, correct? And we've answered before, how do I know what Old Testament laws still apply to me as a born-again believer? It's a very simple answer to that. If I find an Old Testament law in the New Testament, guess what? Still applies to me. If I do not find the Old Testament law in the New Testament, guess what? Don't apply to me. I'm a New Testament born again follower of Christ. Amen? Amen. Never forget that. Otherwise, you got some Christians, not a lot, but you got some running around trying to bind you to Old Testament laws. You ever run into them? Boy, they want you to, oh, you're not really saved if you're that, you know, just say, kindly say, Shut up No don't say that Okay (laughs) Just say you know It's God bless you And walk away Because you're not going to win That's called a legalist They're going to stick To their legalism And what they do Is what earns them salvation But that's just Not a true thing right there Now I'm way off my notes So I don't even know Where I'm at right now So (laughs) So he's preaching That you are Basically saying You're not going to need The temple And these laws of Moses. You're not going to need Some of those So they're really They're really angry at him And they're willing To kill him over that And he's willing to die over that Pretty wild, huh? So let's see why Jesus' way Is the better way Let's see what this guy's preaching Because it's really important, guys It's really important Now, let me show you two verses first Before we get into the points In Hebrews and what it says about these things Go to Hebrews chapter 7 It'll be up on the screen But I I just like turning there myself Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22 And this is what it says. So much more also, Jesus has become the guarantee of a what? Read it louder. It's a better covenant. Jesus said, A new covenant I bring to you, a new commandment. He brought a whole new way. So Jesus' way, is it better? Say yes. Okay. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 8. Look at verse 13. When he said, A new covenant... He has made the first what? Obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to? It's ready to disappear. Uh. So the old covenant, the old way, when Jesus came with a new way, the old way, it became obsolete. Now, does obsolete mean that it was bad? No. How many remember? Let's go back in time and be nostalgic again. How many remember eight-track tapes? (laughs) Raise your hand if you remember that. Raise them up. I want. You're not that old, Oh Great, God's waiting for the hand to go. (laughs) Album. You, You know what? God's watching right now. Okay, remember them, right? Okay, and so we had these eight-track tapes, For some of you don't know, know, you're younger, but we'd stick these tapes, we'd put these players in our car, and we'd have players at home, stick them in there, and you could press the button, and you could choose from four different th- songs, and we thought that was the greatest thing in the world, did we not? And we always had to carry with us our little piece of cardboard, did we not? Yes. Because remember, it would go, we say in Spanish, got wango, oh, I better run through the jungle. And we put our piece of cardboard on the side to push that tape tight in there and it would play correctly. Remember that? Okay, good, yeah. So that was really good. But then that gave way to cassettes, right? And then that gave way to compact discs, right? And now you don't even need any of that in your car. I have Spotify in my car. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's all these old, they were great in their time and we thought, man, 8-track right on, you know. But it became obsolete wasn't bad just became obsolete because a better thing came along when Jesus came along a better thing came along in our life so what's the better way I'm going to give you two things today what that better way is and it applies to your life every day every second every moment of your life as a follower of Christ and my life number one Jesus offers complete forgiveness question how long were sins covered for in the Old Testament were they forgiven? No, only covered. Now, 1 John 1, 9 says this. Would you read it with me out loud? Great, great verse. Commit it to memory if you do want, if, if you can. It says, if we, let's, start, let's just start again. Come on, one, two, three. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from, say all again, say all. Doesn't that feel good? All unrighteous. Any unrighteous people in here? Oh, the eight of you. Here's the deal, guys. I can just confess my sins. And confess literally means to say the same thing as God says about it. I can confess my, my sins. I don't have to go to a man. I can just confess my sins to God right where I'm at. And in that moment, of course, some like you and me Grew up in a religious system Where, uh, remember I made my first Holy Communion How many made your first Holy Communion? Okay, raise your hand Okay Um, So, and I was such a rebellious kid That I was supposed to go in second grade Because I think you do it at seven, right? Yeah? Okay And I would, on the way there I would pass the Civic Center Gymnasium This is, you know, this is 1960, 1995 And 1963 Oh man And so And I wouldn't go to catechism I'd go to the gym And I'd play basketball And do whatever in there And for two years I got away with it And then one day i go home And the priest is in my living room <laughs> Can you believe that? I walk in and I go Oh my gosh man It was like an Uncle Buck When he tells him I have a friend at the police station to check your toothbrush See if you're brushing or not I was caught You guys didn't watch Uncle Buck? Are you kidding me? Um so um, and so I was caught so I had to go when I was nine years old and I had to go after school like on a Thursday or whatever and, but here's the deal I had to go through all these weeks and all these classes and then I had to rehearse saying my sins to the priest in that room remember saying your sins I'm nine uh, what sins uh, let's see I killed 12 people last week <laughs> uh, yeah you know um, robbed a bank i I got away on my trike you know my tricycle or whatever my stingray i'm sorry my stingray you guys know what a stingray is it's not a fish okay it's a stingray bike banana seat remember those Schwinn, yeah you had brakes right here remember those okay yeah we're happening now okay sissy bar god bless you hey man i forgot that one right there okay so and where am i oh yeah uh uh and so I'd have to confess my sins. What sins do a nine-year-old have? But think about it. I had to go through weeks of this. Then I even made up sins because I felt like I was sin deficient. I'm being honest with you. And so, but <laughs> it sounds stupid. Uh, but I feel like I'm not bad enough of a sinner yet at nine. I got to do something. I got to make up some stuff. And so, but I'm surely not going to tell that guy that one I committed, I, you, know, but, you know. So, but back then that was there was not back then, but that's the system. But Jesus' system says I can ask God to forgive me anywhere. Anytime. I don't go through, I don't need to go to hundred classes or 100, ten weeks of class. I don't need to do any of that stuff. Because the Bible says I can confess my sins before Him and I'm faith and He's faithful to forgive me. Do you think this is a better way? Say yes. It's a much better way. Now, the word forgive. It's a great word. You know what it literally means? To send it away. So my, the old way said my sins were covered, but you know, there's a pool date on that. But now it says, when I ask God to forgive me, it says my sins have been what? Sent away. They're just gone, man. Watch what, watch what Hebrews 10, 17 says about it. And there's so many great verses, and I had to just pick one, but watch what it says in 10, 17. It says, and their sins and their lawless deeds, this is God speaking, I will remember no more. Now, let me just tell you what this means. And I'm gonna say something stupid after this, but just go with me, okay? Um, I have a habit of saying dumb things. But, okay, God, will, it's not that God is going, I don't even remember what he did. Or what did he do? It's not, it doesn't mean that. It means that God when we confess our sins to him and ask for forgiveness he will never bring them up again never throw them in your face what if our society lived that what if news lived that what if our politicians all lived that what if you lived that and I lived that so don't you got to throw us in the mix too I I like I heard uh, One of my The guy basically mentored me Back in the 80's Through cassettes Jack Hayford Pastor Jack Hayford He said it like this And I've never forgot The illustration He said That when I tell God Forgive me God I did it again It would be like God saying Did what again? Did what again? Because God's not going to Bring up the past Isn't that great? No, isn't that great? Did what again? See, you know, you guys know I like to watch ID Channel. I like murder mysteries. I know I'm insane, but I like them. I just can't get enough of them. That and a few others, like, to catch a smuggler. I just cannot believe these people. But... You know how when they go in the scene and the guy's scrubbed it all, they've scrubbed it all down with bleach and everything, right? And then the police come in there with a little bottle of Luminol. No matter how much they've scrubbed, when they light that light after Luminol, what do they see? (laughs) The blood's, it's everywhere. Okay. Here, I wrote this in my Bible, in this verse, so whenever I hit this verse, I would tell you guys this. Quit spraying sin Hunting Luminol Over your past sins Stop it Stop it And quit Doing it to others Stop it Just stop it Now Okay <clears throat> So um, I, I'm watching this This uh, show Because I mean uh, Certain things I like And it was on I think it was That it was Netflix some of you heard him, some of you haven't. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story, you just have the watch. It's, it's just, parts of it are just, to me, bizarre. It's just me. Uh, a linebacker named Manti Teo. Darren, you would know who that is. played for Notre Dame, your favorite team. I feel sorry for you guys this year, but anyway. Um, <laughs> they're just not having a good year, right? Am I correct? It's tough. A- amen. Say, just tell me to say it again, I'll say it again. But, um, but uh, Manti Teo is this linebacker out of Hawaii. This is like 10 years ago this happened something like that and so um, he was one of the top linebackers in the nation He's going to get drafted first round NFL and he, it came out he started talk that he has this girlfriend and I think he, he was engaged got engaged to her I think he had never met her yes. he only saw a picture of her on Facebook but it wasn't even really a woman it was somebody that knew him and he was what's called catfishing he catfished him And and I remember, and I was I'm watching this because I remember the story. I remember all of it, uh, most of it. He's sitting there, and it's during the time of the Heisman and and being drafted, and it's about to come out because he finds out that this is not a real this is not a woman. This is a guy on his side, and it comes out, and he gets drafted. He goes like I don't know. It was in the teens of the first round, and he was humiliated. He's a 22 year old kid, guys. He's 22. How does a 22-year-old kid handle that kind of stuff? That's just a lot to, for that kid to handle. And so he, um, I was at the very end, and I'll ruin the end of it for you, for those of you who've never, it's been on for a while. He's, he, he's sitting there, they're interviewing him, and he says, uh, they ask him, they go, um, did you, uh, have you, he, you know, how'd you deal with all this? He goes, well, for three years, my, um, I was, in my head, it was just a mess. I just couldn't, in, in, my, in my player, it just was affecting me so badly. And then he went to a counselor. And the counselor asked him, he goes, have you forgiven this person? And he said, yes. And then the counselor asked him this, but have you forgiven yourself? And he said, no. No. And he said, in that moment, when he f- decided to forgive himself, his life started to change. His head started to clear. Because we can really do a number on ourselves, can't we? Can't we? And we don't even realize what we're doing to ourselves. And yet Jesus comes and says, I died on the cross. I shed blood to wash it all away. And by the way, I will tell you this, that if you beat yourself up in your mind over past sins, you have, as a follower of Christ, you have no right to do that. Because Jesus Already took the beating And what gives you the right To take the beating again You have no right to do that He already did it He already did it You see The better way Of Jesus Christ Is a complete forgiveness A complete washing God will never bring it up again I like that Now the second thing Is this is the the second thing on the better way Jesus offers direct access to the Father Jesus offers you and I direct access to the Father this is big because if I'm completely forgiven that allows me to feel a certain way in my disposition and my emotions toward my access to the Father now let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 look at 19 through 22 it'll be on the screen but I'm gonna read it from my Bible here it says this therefore brethren and by the way, remember in verse 17, we just read, he forgives our sins and remembers them no more. Remember that? Remember that. It's very big in your sequence right there. Okay. So, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence, in other words, boldness, freedom in speech is what it literally means. We have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Ah, we can come into the holy place, that first room before the holiest of holies. He's giving you symbolism to see how you can come in because he's speaking to Hebrews. It's called Hebrews. They understand the symbolism, and you should and I should too. Verse 20, By we can enter by a new and living way. This is the new way. This is the better way to that blood of Jesus, which he, Jesus, inaugurated for us through the the veil remember it was 60 feet tall 30 feet wide 10 inches thick and then you had to go through there to get to the holiest of holies where the priest once a year Yom Kippur Day of Atonement better be right or he'll die in that room and where he sprinkles the blood on top of the Ark of the Covenant and represents God there for all the people remember that? so he enters through the veil that is his flesh oh now we find out when Jesus when his flesh was ripped that was symbolic of the veil of the temple that ripped when Jesus died on the cross it says specifically in the gospels that veil that massive veil ripped from what top to bottom meaning God ripped it no human could have ripped that thing but when it ripped open oh my gosh that meant open house right hold that thought on open house now verse 21 And since we have a great priest, that's Jesus, over the house of God, let us, say it, okay, that was weak, okay, okay, bring it, come on, bring it, bring it over, bring it over, verse 22, come on, guys, I'm sorry, yeah, bring it over, bring it over, here we go, let us draw near with sincere heart, read it with me, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Whoa! When we draw near, look at the wording, look at the terminology because of the blood of Jesus and our sins are washed clean. I can draw near with a sincere heart, right? Right? It means literally sincere, not hiding anything. Sincere, one of the ideas in the classical uh, setting of it means without wax. When a pot maker making clay pots, when one would crack, they would take wax and they'd cover up the crack, paint it over to sell it to an unsuspecting buyer. But when that sun would hit that and melt that wax, it'd reveal the crack. He is saying, we can come to Jesus without wax. We can come, all of our cracks, all of our faults, everything. I don't have to worry about these things. I don't have to hide anything. He knows all about me, but I'm under the blood, and He forgives me because I'm a follower of Him. Amen to that? So now, I can come in to the presence of God. The veil is ripped into Open house. You and I, by virtue of a better way, the better way Jesus and the blood, I have access to God. Is that good or what? Let me explain to you. Okay. So, when I... I I don't have a Sam's Club card. My wife has a Sam's Club card. So I take her card and I go get gas because I want to save eight and a half cents or whatever. And I get in line to, to fill my truck up, you know, for 400 bucks or whatever it is. I, I'm being facetious. It's 420. No, I'm just joking. Um, but... Uh, but there uh, so I need her card to get the guest but when we go into Sam's Club she holds the card it's her card it's her picture on it you know (laughs) and I walk next to her and she flashes the card and I'm with her I'm with her I get in she has access I get in by virtue of her card and I get to take her on one of those expensive dinners hot dog and a drink for about 50 (laughs) How many men say amen to that one? Right? <laughs> yeah. See, because she has the card and I'm with her, I have access. I can go in. That's no different than with Jesus. Once I put my faith in him, I, I'm with him. I'm with him. I've been forgiven of everything. It's a better way. And I'm with him, so therefore I have access. Now, Here's, here's the part I love the best. When the priest came out from that Ark of the Covenant, I wish I had time to go into the two goats, the scapegoat. You've heard the term scapegoat. That's a biblical term. Well, I don't have time for that, but it's even, it's even better. But um, when the priest came out after sprinkling the blood and he didn't die, he'd go to the people, go on Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Forgiven! 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 Because he is God's representative in the moment, bringing the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God to the people, right? Don't lose the imagery because you and I, now that we are followers of Christ, we are New Testament priests, it says... You and I are now the ones who bring the forgiveness of God to others and we share with others. You can be forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. We can do that. Don't forget that. That's the biggest part of our call. It doesn't matter if they get mad at us. It doesn't matter if they disagree with us. We are the New Testament priests and we are bringing the greatest, better way message that has ever hit this planet. We're the ones who bring forgiveness. Now, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Christ, hopefully it made sense that this is the best way to go. All your sins can be forgiven, but only through Jesus, only through Jesus. And I'm going to offer you the forgiveness of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, forgiven, forgiven. You can walk in that. And you can have access to the Father anytime because of the blood of Jesus and his life. But you must be born again. Jesus told an extremely top-notch religious man, the main teacher of Israel, he said, unless you're born again, you'll never make it to heaven. Unless your spirit is born again, because your spirit right now, friend, if you're not born again, you are dead to God spiritually. And the Spirit of God needs to come into you. You need to invite him in and come alive to the Spirit. Then the Bible will come alive to you because the Spirit will live in you and your sins will be forgiven. But he basically told this religious man, unless you're born again, you're going to hell. Can't help you on that one, Nicodemus, unless you're born again. So this is Jesus' words. It's not my words. So if you've never put your faith in Jesus and you know you should and you know it's right, then I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Or maybe a backslid. You walked away. Boy, it's fun beating yourself up for backsliding, huh? It's time to come back. Let the blood of Jesus just cleanse you all over again. You don't have to beat yourself up anymore. You can walk in newness of life. So I want you to close your eyes. If you'd like to put your faith in Jesus be born again, or rededicate your life. I want you right where you're at to do one simple thing as a sign between you, me, and God. I want you to open up your eyes, look up at me. Once our eyes meet, you can close them, but do it right now. Do it right now. I'll look around the room. Now those who looked up at me, I want you to repeat this prayer. Everybody's going to say it with you in this room. All you <laughs> believers say it with them. But you've got to believe this as you say it. Because if you believe this, and by believing, meaning you're going to sell out to Jesus right now. You're going to surrender to Him. This is not a thing of like, well, I believe there's a God. No, they ain't going to cut it. You're going to stand before Jesus one day. ain't going to cut this. Well, I believe there's a God. No, no, no. You're going to believe in Jesus as God. You're going to surrender your life to Him. He is the only way. So when you say this prayer, you put your faith in Him. And that's the game-changer because the spirit of God's going to come to live in you and the blood of Jesus will forgive you of all sins here we go repeat this out loud thank you Jesus for loving me so much that you would die for me open up a better way for my life forgive me Lord and I know I'm forgiven thank you for washing me clean of all my sins I invite you into my heart to be my Lord my Savior my only God thank you for saving me now let me pray God I pray for everyone who looked up friends who looked up at me you've got to follow up now you've got to follow up for the rest of your life you're in a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son Start reading the Bible. Stay in the New Testament. Get one you can understand. If you don't have one, go to the welcome center in the lobby. They'll give you one for free. Stay in that New Testament. Start coming to church. Fellowship. Worship. Serve eventually. God, thank you for all those. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for people all across America and the world right now that are giving their life to Christ in many churches in every country. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for those churches in in so many countries in this world where they have to meet in homes, hiding, because their governments are so militaristic and they want to eliminate anything of God. Thank you for Christians that are thriving in those environments. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, Amen Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand up with me this morning. But, like I told you, I I brought it back and I'm going to keep this thing back here I want you to repeat after me here we go all together Lord keep me outward focused and fill me with your spirit give me the boldness to share the gospel with others open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you Hey, God bless you. We'll see you later. Have a great day, everybody. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram at Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.